This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Feminism in your ears. It's another broad podcast on Joy 94.9. Keep listening. Hashtag feminism. Hashtag podcast. Hashtag broad on Joy 94.9. Hi, this is Scarlett and you're listening to Broad on Joy 94.9.
Enjoy 94.9. Broad would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands that we broadcast from, the Kulin Nation, and pay respect to all the Kulin elders, women from the past, present, and those women who will be our future elders. We'd also like to acknowledge with respect the traditional owners of all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander lands that we broadcast to, and to pay respect to all elders and women elders from all clans and nations, past, present, and future. Welcome to Broad. Thanks to the gang from the squad from Wellwell. Well, and here tonight on Broad, January the 16th, it is Monday. I even know what day it is. That's pretty good. Uh, you heard a bit of Amaya, Maya Payne from a good old Christchurch, New Zealand, uh, Tiroa, with a song called If Only, which is from her Lucky Ones EP. A fantastic artist from uh, down in the Shaky Isles there. And in the, yes, it's in the movie The Rehearsal, which is the Alison McLean's new film, which is about to screen very shortly. In a couple of days, it starts its very limited session over at the ACMI. But we've got an interview with the wonderful Alison McLean, the filmmaker, uh, a little bit later in the show. Also, we will be talking to uh, one of the um, people involved with organising the Women's March on Melbourne and it's in solidarity with the massive Women's March or Million Women's March as it's also been called on Washington DC in the US that's happening on the 21st. So this will be happening on the 21st at our time which is the Saturday uh, in in solidarity as I mentioned uh, and empathy and support for the huge march happening in Washington DC for the inaugural Inauguration. Inaugural inauguration. I think that's too many words. But I think you get the idea. We'll be talking to uh, Melissa, Melissa Goffin, a little bit later in the show uh, today, tonight. Uh, also, a bit of Lana Wolf, some voice bites from the feminist herself, talking about intersectional feminism, what that means, race, and more. Uh, part of a new segment that uh, we'll be doing together. Uh, Lana, of course, lives in Sydney, but hey, we won't hold that against Sydney side. Uh, she will hopefully be spending more time with us here on Broad on Joy 94.9. If you want to get in touch, you can do so 0427 Joy 949. You can phone 1300 Joy 949 or email us on air at joy.org.au and let us know if you're going to go to the Women's March on Melbourne or on Canberra. I think there's one in Canberra and Adelaide and Sydney and Brisbane. Uh, They're happening in conjunction, of course, as I mentioned, with the massive march happening in uh, Washington, D.C. So if you are going, it's this Saturday, 1pm to 4pm approximately. Um, it's going to be a little bit cloudy in Melbourne town, but what's new? Uh, certainly, we're going to be there. Broad is going to be there, and we're going to record it. We're going to take some pics. We're going to get involved, and it's a it's a really interesting and important time, I think, for women globally, and um, and that includes you know non-binary non-gender conforming of course trans women as well everyone is welcome to the march so we'll talk to the organizers very shortly about that ah yes what a week and just for an overview for those who uh, don't know what the march is all about the idea of it is the one in washington in any case they released a 16 point plan or 16 points and definition and principles of their vision 
of why they're doing the march. And I'll just read out a little bit here. Uh, The Women's March in Washington is a women-led movement bringing together people of all genders, ages, races, cultures, political affiliations and backgrounds in the nation's capital in the US on January the 21st, 2017, to affirm our shared humanity and pronounce our bold message of resistance and self-determination. Recognising that women have interesting and intersecting identities and are therefore impacted by a multitude of social justice and human rights issues, we have outlined a representative vision for a government that is based on the principles of liberty and justice for all. So, yeah, I mean, anything that starts off like that has got to be inspiring and at the same time somewhat provocative, but also leads the way, I think, for hopefully a global, more of a global, closer-knit community and movement. And you can look at the hashtag to find out more on social media. Just hashtag why we march in capitals. So hashtag why we march, and you'll get some of those principles and guiding visions of what defines uh, this particular movement and this march that is going to be on the 21st of January. And that's this weekend. I can't believe how fast everything is going already for 2017. So let us know what, uh, what's been up for you in the feminist world for today or for this last week. Since I saw you last, we have the podcast up from last week's show as well as the fabulous interview with Matty Doe, the Laoing, um, she's from Laos, uh, the only female director from Laos and the only female genre filmmaker from Laos. How, how about that? She makes fabulous ghost films, uh, traditional uh, ideas and concepts and stories and um, weaves them into a modern contemporary, you know, environment. Fascinating and great filmmaker too. I'll have some more uh, Kiwi music because we are looking at the rehearsal, uh, the Kiwi film, Kiwi Canadian production that is getting a short run here in Melbourne. So, yes. And don't forget, yeah, certainly message me, 0427 join 949 if you're going to the march, if you're going to be there. They are looking for volunteers and people to help out. So you can head to Women's March on Melbourne. Uh, It's on the Facebook page as an event. Uh, Just check that out because they're looking for people to help out and, uh, you know, do, do things and maybe take some photos and film. It's always a good idea to keep a record of these uh, amazing events. Very good. All right. Now, this is Broad here on Joy 94.9. Stick around and stay with us here on Joy. Hi, we're the Girl Freeders, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to Broad on Joy 94.9. This is uh, Joy 94.9 talking to Scarlett Bacchini about Broad. What does feminism mean to you, Scarlett? I guess it means addressing, you know, negative or harmful attitudes towards women, both past and present, that still affect women and men now. You know, working towards equality by addressing women's issues. Really important to me because I don't, I don't feel a great attachment to my gender. When I think of who mm. I am as a person, you know, I'm just Scarlett, and especially in male-dominated fields like in comics and music and, and music, yeah, yeah, all those things. You know, I'm tired of people addressing me as a woman in these fields. And, you know, how do you feel as a woman doing mm. this? And what's it like as a woman? Or getting reviews that say, you know, she makes a good fart joke for a woman. Or oh. like that being, it, it always sort of strikes me because I'm not thinking about me as a woman. I don't feel necessarily like a woman. I just mm. feel like me. And I'm, yeah, I'm tired of my life being framed around that. Feminism is just something that I feel 
has always been a part of my life. Mm. It's the way that I think and the way that I feel about the world. I recognise that we don't have equality. We aren't treated the same way as women. I think it's a terrible thing for all of us. I think it's a terrible thing for men and it's a terrible thing for women. And so divided by gender. The result of that, and or maybe the cause of that, is oftentimes that we look down on women and that we see women as lesser or something other, something unusual. So feminism is an important part of the world to kind of recognise that we don't start out equally, that we have different kinds of privilege and different kinds of yeah. reasons that our lives work the way they do. And this is Broad and Joy 94.9. And uh, thanks to the wonderful uh, Sophie Hyde and Scarlett Puccini, some of the amazing broads that have been on the show. And I now have on the show with us live, on the telephone that is, I've got Melissa, Melissa Goffin from the Women's March on Melbourne. Welcome. Hi, thanks. Thanks, and yeah, really excited to be on your show tonight. Yeah, I know it's a bit last minute, but we're getting there. So Yeah, of course, of course. There's a lot happening in this week, so everybody's yeah. sort of frantically getting themselves together and, and doing some last-minute bits and pieces for the weekend. So, mm. yeah, a lot happening. Cool. So can you tell us, um, I've already explained a little bit to people, but can you tell us what the Women's March on Melbourne is about and why it's happening? Yeah, absolutely. So we are one of something like 300 marches across mm the globe that are coordinating with our um, sort of, you know, I guess, parent march, if you will, uh, which is the Women's March on Washington. So that was the, um, you know, original march and the original sort of conception, and it's just grown. So I think what's happened is that Mm. there have been people in cities and states, you know, maybe originally in the United States and then across the world that felt um, tremendously affected and impacted by um, obviously, the the change in administration in the United States and the um, the effects of that. So it's just been um, for many of us this opportunity to really to be there in spirit. You know, I'm originally from the U.S. I've okay. been living in in Melbourne here for. Um, 12 years, and I'm an Australian citizen, but um, I never felt such an enormous sort of desire to raise home and, and be a part of this that I, as, as I did following the election, really thought that that was going to be an outlet for myself. And I just know that people, you know, I've spoken to women, to, to men, to, you know, people from across genders and races and religions that feel personally affected by, by what's going on and, and want to you know, want to participate, want to be a part of it. So um, the the original sort of marches and, and, and how we're all working together is, is the idea of, of inclusion, of promoting, you know, equality and freedom and all of these sort of ideals that we just feel are being tremendously challenged in, in a plethora of different ways. Mm. But I think the, the Trump ascendancy, if you will, um, has really kind of solidified that and personified that for many of us. So, so this march is about um, is about promoting those ideals, about mm-hmm. coming together and being united about a vision and, and a voice for for not just women but for minorities and 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 people everywhere who just feel like the sort of path that we're on in some ways is not the right one. So we're really excited. We feel like this is kind of the first very real way of us. Mm-hmm you know, kind of taking some real action toward what we want 
the next many years look like and kind of shifting that path. That's it's I suppose exciting. I could, yeah. <laughs> it's exciting, exciting but it's excited. also, yeah, it's also quite, it's an emotional situation too because it's been, I don't know about you, but in general I think it's been non-stop with the as human rights being abused already and yeah. in the US specifically, but seen a lot of uh, our sisters basically right across the broad you know, spectrum uh, being attacked. Uh, we've seen more abuse happening. Do you think that is the case uh, of why you think more people are, are certainly uh, galvanised to, to march? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I had a really amazing lunch with some girlfriends um, locally here um, a couple of months ago following Trump's election. And, and we sat around this table and we all talked about experiences that we'd have, really personal experiences with sexual violence. You know, amongst this table of eight or nine women, there wasn't one person that didn't have multiple stories to tell about experiences they, they'd had with with, you know, feeling violated throughout their life. I mean, that's just one instance. So when you have somebody in the, in the very public eye, um, I suppose very vocally and, and, and proudly almost, doing, having a rhetoric that is, is degrading towards women, um, you know, that really, I think, has struck a nerve with everyone. And, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on, doesn't it, really? Like, we could talk about the um, mocking of the disabled reporter or, you know, his comments about um, Mexican-Americans or, you know, really, I think that there's not many people in the world that don't feel that they've connected personally. And, you know, obviously mm-hmm. there are some, those, those who voted for him or those who, who aren't feeling sort of motivated to act at the moment. But I think there are a lot of us who, yeah, who are looking at the world and 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 what fear is nurturing and fostering across the globe, particularly yes. against African Americans in the United States, against um, you know our, our refugee population, mm. out, you know on Nauru or, or wherever, and saying, "What can we do?" It's it's almost become this kind of you know this lightning rod for all of us to say, "This is something we can come together and start to have a voice about what we want our world to look like." So. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And uh, it's it's amazing. I was reading the points today, just some of the points for the Women's March movement in, in Washington and uh, for the Washington, D.C. one. And it's they've pretty much covered everything, I think. It feels very uh, valued and the principles are very fought out. And then when you look at the list of women involved and the women who have inspired from the past and, you know, present, uh, have inspired this work. It is. It's. I think it's pretty profound and a very um, important an event. And and that's what I think. I I sort of got a sense of, and I think that you know most of the people who are kind of connecting with it got this sense of that this feels different. It feels like a you know, and not different because mm. there have been these amazing sort of times throughout history where people have collected in times of particularly particular strife and, and confusion and, and and this is one of those moments for us. You know, I really I really feel like, yeah, the that this march is that kind of everybody coming together in this really powerful moment. So you've had a chance to look at the sort of the global platform and the herd yeah. framework. And yeah. you know, I think that 
the organizers have really been very considered in what is the purpose and why are we doing this and what do we want our message to be and um, and they have really articulated this message of you know positivity and inclusion and and yes it's coming out of really awful situations mm. but but you know those those people and voices throughout history that inspire great things are those ones that kind of can reach across everyone and say, you know, we, we need something better. We deserve something better. So I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of it because I think that's what it does. And Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll yeah. continue. I'm sure it will. Could have four years more of uh, this. <laughs> I know. I keep thinking Challenge. we could. Yeah. Surely, there's a, surely there's an out somewhere. Mm, We're kind of maybe. waiting for the heavens to open. And, but maybe, yeah. Maybe not. And you, yourself, like uh, your background, what's brought you to, you know, organize something? One of the many organizers, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um, I'm an American Australian here mm-hmm. in Australia and, you know, followed the election uh, as I think probably many people did with um, with close eyes, but, but a real sense that um, I suppose what happened couldn't possibly. So, and, and was just completely devastated. You know, I remember writing on Facebook the night before the election that I was so sure that the following day would be a moment that I could talk to my daughter about and explain how, you know, incredible it was that this woman had become president. And, and I just really never imagined, and I spent the whole next in tears and in absolute disbelief that 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 happened. So, um, you know, I think like many of us, I spent I spent a time of mourning and anger and 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 then just feeling this overwhelming desire to do something. And what could I do? And how could I do it? So, um, my sort of partic- my path is that I went through the Democrats abroad here in Victoria. Okay. Um, and it's not a group that I had connected with very much. And, you know, unfortunately, not even through the election, because like I said, I was sort of coasting and imagining that it wasn't a real possibility. And I just got in touch with them immediately following saying, what are you doing? Is there a march? Are we are we marching here? Can we march? What you know? Because I was looking at flights, going, I can't get home. It's too expensive. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, just saying, I'm happy to organize it. I'll do it. I'll I'll do it. And then sort of got on to a few other people. Got on to um, Elena Dowell, who uh, also was on Democrats abroad and um, was really eager to sort of um, put something together. And we found Steph Ash, who had already uh, started a group and had people attached to it. So we just sort of all mm. coordinated with the the global organizers. And it's a whole sort of entity of, of amazing women around the world that are, you know, doing these great conference calls and Skype calls and organizing toolkits and marshalling. And it's just a phenomenal wow, production. Incredible. It's been incredible. It's just been so amazing to kind of chat to these people and hear everybody's stories. And Mm, yes, it's very exciting. And of course, speaking of that, uh, of course, the one here, the Saturday, the 21st, the Women's March in Melbourne. Yeah, it's at 1 p.m. at the State Library in Melbourne. Are you still looking for people to help out, volunteers or? Yeah, look, of course, we've got, um, you know, something like, I think, 800 maybe even a 1,000 RSVPs on the page wow. currently. Um, mm-hmm. We're hoping that we get many more. You know, the more mm. the more that are out there and the more sort of voices we are, it, the better it will be. I mean, yeah. you know, Solidarity it's exciting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. absolutely. So we are absolutely looking for people to please come along. Um, 
and it's mm-hmm. going to be really kid-friendly, really safe. I'm going to have my two little ones, potentially one on my back and one hopefully not running away. Um, <laughs> we've got an event bright post or um, event on Eventbrite mm-hmm. that you can go on and register to attend. You can also register your interest in um in volunteering or participating in some way. So if there's a skill, you know, a, a service, a product, a, a something that you would like to bring to the to the table on the day, mm. please, I would absolutely encourage you to go to Eventbrite. And it's Women's March on Melbourne. And go there, just register your interest and let us know what you've got. We're, we're yeah. definitely looking for somebody who can print us some T-shirts before the weekend. If anybody's oh, okay. So anyone out there is able to contribute that way, of course, volunteer yeah. and, and help financially to contribute to some T-shirts to be made, they get in touch with you or at least go to the event page or that event br- Event Bright page. I've put Absolutely that on the Facebook the page. Event Bright page. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because the more visibility, the better. Because we need to be yeah. visible, all of us, right across. You know that whole spectrum. So yeah. Look. Thank yeah, it you. It is everyone's fight. This is mm. absolutely the LGBTI community. It's the you know the racial minorities, the the Muslims. The this is you know this is Australian, mm. US, wherever. I mean, we are. You know, this is our sort of issue absolutely that's um, a sincere belief that it's not just about the u.s it's not just about this Mm. one individual but it's about a real global movement to kind of expect more from our our politicians and from our societies and from the the rules that we develop and create and just nurturing you know Mm. nurturing inclusivity and kindness Really, I suppose. No, you're right. Cheers. Well, look, thank you so much. Again, I'll have to leave it there, but um, thanks for speaking to us, Melissa Goffin, from of the uh, Women's March um, Melbourne, and yep. p- pardon solidarity to what's happening in the US and the inauguration. It's a day before, isn't it, the 21st? The day it is the after. Actual. Okay. So the, the inauguration in the US is on the 20th, and okay. they'll be marching Sorry. on the 21st. Right. We will actually coincide with, because we're a bit ahead of the times here in Australia, we'll <laughs> be sort of coinciding with the day of the inauguration. So we'll be one of the first marches across the world that wow. are um, yeah. that are doing this. And so the Washington group is really excited to start posting pictures and, and talk oh, about cool. us yeah. as the kind of the leaders of this. It's mm. very exciting. That's Thank you awesome. so much for your time and <laughs> Thanks, for Melissa. your audience's attention. We'd yeah. love to see them there. Yeah, so it's, we'll put that up on the Facebook page for Broad and um, head to that and we'll see you all at the, the march of this uh, Saturday the 21st, 1 p.m., and goes to approximately 4 p.m. Yep, yep, probably earlier, but State Library yep. of Victoria. Great. Nice to see everyone. That's Thank cool. you so much. Thank for you. Okay. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye, Melissa. Bye. Thank you. So that's Melissa Goffin, one of the organisers. So I've put that up on the Facebook page for Broad for the Women's March on Melbourne. So certainly head on there. And, um, yeah, look, just... Uh, be great if we could all turn up and like i said and like melissa said they would need help with t-shirts and anything you contribute some time um some recording uh if you are someone with audio uh maybe take a microphone there uh someone with a video camera people with cameras yeah the more the more that they see in the u.s that we support them um i think globally it's it's important so anyway for us as well so yeah hashtag why we march this is broad on joy 94.9 this is jamie babbitt the director of but i'm a cheerleader and you are listening to broad on joy 94.9
this is Broad on Joy 94.9. That's the fantastic Adopra with a machinery. Another Kiwi chick, uh, indeed, from New Zealand, Atera, from Christchurch again. So that song you'll be able to hear, if you listen closely, to the film The Rehearsal, which is the Alison McLean film that is uh, doing so well. It's a little movie, but with a big idea, I think. And interesting, too. So we've got an interview with Alison. I think we should check that out now. Uh, now, the movie doesn't start till oh, the 18th, so a couple of days to go. But, yes, and also thanks again to Melissa, Melissa Goffin, from the uh, Women's March Melbourne, on Melbourne, I should say, happening this Saturday, the 21st, in solidarity and in conjunction with what is happening in the U.S. with feminism and women's rights and equal rights and... Uh, well, everybody's rights are involved when it comes down to it because of the change of the, the guard, as we could say, and especially uh, the right wing and the fascism. The growth of fascism in the US has been incredibly alarming and is certainly already affecting people there. And I'm sure we will hear and feel and uh, learn to experience some of the repercussions as well, sadly. But one of the positives is that we um, can organise ourselves too to show strength and support for people over there who are going through a hard time. Um, so yes, this this Saturday at the State Library, the 21st, don't forget, I've put it on the Facebook page so you can head there to our Broad on Joy 94.9 to find out more and we'll podcast this later in the week. But here's some Alison McLean speaking to us exclusively here on Broad on Joy 94.9. Don't forget, message us 0427 Joy 949 or email us on air at joy.org.au. You tell me when I can? Yeah, go. Okay. Hi everyone, it's Julia Ducourneau, director of Raw on Broad on Joy 949. Thank you. <laughs> Broad Incorporated presents Films for Feminists. Is this a love of cinema gone mad? Is this the impossible dream of finding films that represent women and girls in a way most intelligent, most equal, most inclusive and intersectional? Is this feminism on film? with Sonia Hammer, who stars as a woman who lives for the impossible dream of a world of cinema where women are paid equally to men. Is this just fantasy? A film fantasy? No, it's real. Uncovering old and new films for women and girls about women and girls. Listen to us Monday nights on Broad. Films for Feminists on Joy 94.9. Sonia from Abroad on Joy 94.9, speaking to Alison McLean, director of the film The Rehearsal, which is having a only a limited run at the stage at the ACMI from January 18th to the February the 6th. So yes, welcome to Broad. Thanks. Hi. Excellent. So speaking to us, in, you're in New York at the moment? Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn, yeah. Of course, uh, the great thing too for this film of yours, it's going to have a special Q&A video, I believe, video conferencing on Wednesday the 18th of Jan. That's the plan. Before the film or after the film? or I guess after the film. I guess after. I, I'm assuming it's after. Yeah, I would yeah. presume that would be... Speak about it after, yeah. That would be the logic. Of course, that's part of She Speaks First, which is a great female-focused uh, film series, so part of Grey Garden's project. But let's talk about um, the yeah. film, Alison. Can you briefly tell us, obviously without spoiling it too much, what the rehearsal uh, is all about? Yeah, it's, the, it's a story about a group of kids uh, first-year students at drama school in New Zealand, in Auckland. And in particular, it follows a young Maori guy who arrives at school, feels very much out of his depth, eventually. You know, it, it follows him sort of navigating the year with 
the other students and a somewhat ferocious acting teacher and into a kind of first love affair with a young girl who's 15 and he ends up sort of ending up in a kind of morally tricky situation when he he kind of uses a sex scandal involving her sister Isolde's sister as material for this end of year show that that the students are doing yes so they're they're basically using that true life story to build what's their overall end of the year project or something to yeah hmm. I mean, obviously they're doing their own interpretation of it, but it sort of gets him into this sort of ethically, you know, tricky situation where he's torn between his ambition, really, and and then his kind of sense of loyalty to his girlfriend. Interesting film. Now, it's based on the book, Eleanor Akaton, Booker Prize-winning author of the novel The Rehearsal. What interested you in adapting this particular story into into doing it into a film? I I was really quite knocked out by the book. It's very audacious, very bold, female voice. And I like the themes of it, which, you know, have to do with learning to become an actor, but also Mm. it looks at sort of performance in life and just sort of a point, kids at a point of transition when they're, they're sort of trying out possible selves in a way, different versions of themselves. And I also like the, the sort of power dynamics that that the book explores, you know, between teachers and students and, and between, well, in the case of the book, it's saxophone players, but we turn them into tennis players mm. and their coach. So, and, and, you know, parents and kids. So, so it, there's a lot about the sort of power dynamics and, and how they can change. That, that was quite fascinating to me. I'm lucky to have seen it. So, yes, and it's still got that really um, strong sort of a Kiwi sensibility as well. Quite grounded, uh, very matter-of-fact sort of acting style, actually, too. James Rolston is excellent mm-hmm. as Stanley, the lead actor mm-hmm. in this production. So was that a deliberate thing? Or was it just him and the way he performs bringing that to that role? Very you know, I understated. Mean, yeah, I mean, it's... It's very much him, and I mean, I was drawn to cast him because I think he he just comes from a very true place, and he wasn't trained as an actor. He he learned, he's instinctive, you know, mm. and he just kind of draws on his himself and his experiences in a very sort of organic, quite private way. Mm. And, you know, given that the film is so much about in a way quite precocious at times young actors it seemed important that this this guy who's the lead should be just very authentic and not be trying too hard not not be clever and and just someone who's just in a way quite strict and simple and honest in what he's doing mm-hmm. and i mean james really did that because i really felt that he was going through what the character is going through and that was important to to make the film work mm. Now, I've read somewhere online your work and, and the characters that you have in it have been described as, so it's described as idiosyncratic loners. There seems to be that through the work, the body of work that you've done. Why do you choose those sort of uh, characters? Because they do sort of stand out to be quite individualistic and lonely. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I guess I guess some of myself in that, in that when I was young, I was tended to be the kind of you know, as more of an observer, just standing a bit more on the sidelines and a little, you know, just naturally a little bit more of a kind of introverted person. 
yeah, I guess I guess that's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I understand. <laughs> now, for a lot of our listeners, and for let's face it, myself, big fan, of course. Looking at your background of and body of work there, of course, it's uh, for me, and I guess a lot of people would be Kitchen Sink from 1989 would be the one, the short film that just blew everybody away basically it's been a long time since then do you still get a lot of (laughs) questions like this one about the inspiration of that short film and how how important it is yeah i mean that that was yeah it's it's sort of had an extraordinary life really it was honestly a slightly mysterious process whereby there was a an assignment in a way that the film commission villain were calling for ideas for a 13-minute short film with set budget, that sort of thing. Mm. And I was trying to think of something that would happen to someone, probably a woman, alone at home. And I thought of the hair, and, and it's just one of those strange things that doesn't happen very often where it just kind of unraveled in my mind and 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 sort of became what it was you know, quite quickly. I thought of the whole thing, except for the ending. The ending took about three months to think about, to, mm. to, to come up with. But, you know, I was I was sort of inspired by a film like like Cronenberg's The Fly, that was sort of a love story and a kind of horror film. Yeah. I also wanted to do something, and it's sort of a Pygmalion story too, but I wanted to do a film that was silent, that had almost no dialogue. So it was also a little bit of an exercise in trying to come up with a story that, that had almost no talking. Yeah, no, I watched it again. I haven't watched it for many years, but it's still really stark and it's that lack of sound is quite deafening, mm. apart from the gurgling and squishy uh, sink sounds. <laughs> and I believe the headless chickens I could hear in the background. So, uh, yes, the band, yeah, they, that they is. Came up with a lovely, <laughs> wonderful track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, A Million Dollar Dream. So, I mean, it's such an important part of Kiwiana, that film. Now, Crush, of course, is the other one, 1992, looking at your career. And that was uh, also something that broke the mould, I think, for storytelling made in New Zealand. I haven't really lived that down because of, I guess, we're a queer radio station, so having those sorts of themes and LGBTQ themes and things in a film, it's still a rare thing, mm-hmm. you know, to have those stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, mm. it probably was unusual for that time. Yeah, I agree. But I found out something about you I, I had no idea, and that was uh, your part of Natalie Imbruglia's fantastic song, uh, Torn. I was very excited Torn, yeah, yeah. to know that you were part of that. Yeah, How did, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was also just a... I mean, I didn't even really know her work that well, but somehow that, that came to me, and I was asked to come up with an idea. And I was thinking about when you're on set making a film... You know, that there's always a monitor that you end up, as a director, you end up just staring at this monitor for hours every day. Yeah. And the monitor is often showing, you know, all the in-between moments. And so you're often seeing all kinds of stuff passing through that frame that, that doesn't end up getting filmed. So I just decided to use that idea of a kind of fixed camera monitor and just cutting together all all the... Yeah, all the things that happen in between and behind mm. the scenes moments and and that that was a really that was a really kind of fun, charmed experience making that video. 
Yeah. Well, it, one of the it biggest. Turned out much better than I expected. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like of a... course, it was a hit song. Oh, huge! So, yeah. 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 Mm. I find it usually isn't this way, but now and then, so, you know, since the stars will align, and I love it when that happens. <laughs> and this is Sonia on Broad on Joy ninety four point nine. We'll have uh, back with Bite Me Down Under coming up around about uh, ten p.m. ten o'clock. Meanwhile, let's hear the rest of uh, that chat with uh, filmmaker, New Zealand Canadian filmmaker Alison McLean, talking about uh, working with Natalie Natalie Brulia, and add a lot more and feminism in film and women filmmakers and the rehearsal. So much to talk about, and uh, yeah, I sort of fangirled to this definitely. You're listening to Broad on Joy ninety four point nine, where it's just the combination of people involved. I don't know sort of an idea and circumstances and various talents and various things just seem to align and it just something becomes bigger than you expected. I love it when that happens, but it's actually quite rare. And that was one of those times, I would say. You've got such a span of work over such a period of time. And I was reading an article from uh, TIFF from last September, the Toronto International Film Festival, where the rehearsal are screened. And the interviewer talked about, you know, being a female director, being a woman director. Is that important? And and do you think it is difficult, you know, break into the industry or your own experience? I do think it's very important. I do. I think it's mm. insane that there's such a disparity still after, you know, that there's mm. such a kind of disproportionately few female directors. I think that's really insane and it drives me kind of crazy. And I think that that subjectivity, that point of view, is incredibly important. And it's not, I mean, I think it's a woman can make films about anything, about men, but I think you just need female creators because they come from a, you know, unique, they have a unique point of view. I mean, it's individual, but it just has to be more balanced. And I do find on a daily basis that there's just a kind of, implicit bias there and it's very hard to rise above that and you know i really feel the you're people are less inclined to give you the benefit of the doubt Mm. as a woman i mean i I think even without people acknowledging that would be a reason why they they might say no or be less inclined to say yes but i think it's operating and it's just enormously frustrating although in australia they have they are trying some different things here of course the screen australia um gender matters program I'm hoping that it gets extended. Mm, yeah. What do you? What are your thoughts about something like that in, in place? Yeah, I think I think whatever it takes. I think that sometimes it needs some intervention to mm. redress the balance because because we we have to sort of train up the next generation coming through and give young women a chance to to develop their you know themselves as filmmakers and for it to be a more equal playing ground and. You know, if it takes some kind of engineering to achieve that for a while, then then I think that's fine. Important, yeah. It, it wouldn't be forever, but I think it, sometimes it, it takes that to just, like, shake things up and, yes. give, you know, give women a chance. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I agree. Some people would say, well, won't it mean you'll get less quality? And I think that's not really the point. <laughs> that's not how it will work. No, and I, I don't think it's true because... I don't think it's true if you look at a country like France where the it's a, it's a little more balanced than America. I mean, there's mm. just, you know, huge number of talented women directors there. <laughs> now, the other thing is, as far as influences go uh, for 
women directors. Do you do you have anyone in mind that you know really stands out and you go, wow, I wish you know I could come up with something like that, or or just adore their films? Yeah, I mean, the last time I felt that mm. was was seeing T- Tony Erdman. Marin, yeah, Marin I, Ardy's I film. Yeah, it's it, her name's Marin Marin Marinada. Marinada. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and I just was really. I was just really knocked out by that film. I just thought it was so masterful and so original and ambitious. And she just did exactly what she wanted to do. It just was made with complete authority and hilarious. And so I really admired that film very much. And I've always, I've always admired Claire Denis. Mm. That's another woman I've admired. And also Andrea Arnold. She's mm-hmm. fantastic. And Jane Campion. She's, you know, in a more personal way, she's been a, um, inspiring to me. For a long time. Yes, she has inspired a lot of people. And, um, well, you've worked now with her her daughter, so that must yeah, have been quite interesting. Yeah. yeah, she's very talented. Yeah, she's, she's very, very talented. Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah. Did she seek you out to play the role, or she just auditioned like anyone else? Um, no, I, no, she didn't audition, and I, um, I knew her through Jane. I've sort of known okay. her off and on for quite a long time, so I approached her. And she said yes. Yeah, well, that's cool. It's good when they can do that. Now, yeah. spe- speaking of Kiwis, speaking of New Zealand films and things like that, um, I guess you do get claimed by New Zealand, but also Canada. Where do you fall on that? And does that matter? Or you know, do you do you think of yourself as a New Zealand I mean, director or Canadian? I don't know that it's a matter of choosing. I haven't I haven't made a film in Canada, so. Mm. So that's a little different, you know. Mm. I mean, I, I worked on a television show there called Michael Tuesdays and Thursdays a few years ago, but that's really the only Canadian work that I've done, mm. and the rest has been New Zealand or or America. Yes. So I mean, in terms of where <laughs> I, I guess, sort of sense of where I come from, that would be it would be New Zealand. Kerry Fox once again. I just want to see her more and more on the screen. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's ferocious. It was really quite delicious working with her. But I did want to ask a a favour because we are a feminist show abroad on Joy 94.9. And so um, Mm -hmm. I always ask a feminist question, if that's okay. Sure. (laughs) Uh, And that is, um, do you consider yourself a feminist? And what does that mean, do you think, to yourself? Yeah, I don't necessarily use the word a lot, but Mm -hmm. I do. I mean, I do, I do consider myself a feminist. Yes, changing the balance of power in this, you know, mm. in this world because it's it's a little too skewed towards men, and and that really has to change for so many reasons. <laughs> I'm Alison McLean, and this is Broad on Joy ninety four point nine. Hi, this is Clementine Ford. You're listening to Broad on Joy ninety four point nine, and I'm encouraging all of you to fight like a girl, just as I know Sonia does. What does feminism mean to you? Lana Wolf. It means a constant consideration and action and strategy around not only the rights of women but also how women are seen socially and get to participate socially in the world and being able to ensure that it's in a way in which women get to be treated with dignity and respect. Mm, cool. What do you think is the biggest challenge that faces feminism in Australia right now? I think the biggest challenge is for people to understand that feminism isn't just about the right for women to vote 
which we do actually have. It is not just about the right for equal pay, which we have on the books but don't have in reality. Mm. Yep. It's also about the right for women to be able to live the lives how they want to live them. And so the right for women not only to work and have children, but for the right to women, Indigenous women in the Northern Territory, mm. for example, to be able to live in a state where there is no suspension on the Racial Discrimination Act. The, mm. the right for women in Australia to be able to walk down the street and to be able to feel safe. The right for women to be able to be in their own homes and be safe. Mm. The right for young girls to be able to choose what they're going to wear, what they're going to play with, what kind of education they want and what they're going to do with that education. I think they're some of the greatest challenges. Mm. I think you're right. And finally, what do you think is the biggest challenge that feminism faces worldwide? Maybe some of the same things. I, I think, you know, the bigger the picture mm. is I think that what it faces worldwide is to be bloody inclusive of all women, mm. regardless of class, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of sexuality, regardless of how they're viewed from a cisgendered lens mm. around their own identities. So I think that's the biggest. And I think that the biggest challenge is to be able to move from an understanding of gender as mm. a binary to gender discrimination and gen- and sexism, which is a little bit broader. Mm. Perfect. Broader. Um, okay. Thank you so much, Lana Wolf, for us, for your time here on Broad. And we'll be hearing more from you in the future. Thank you. You're very welcome. This is Broad on Joy 94.9 finishing off tonight and uh, just leaving you with that, a little a snippet of what we can expect from Lana Wolf, uh, broadcaster, writer, author, uh, prov- provocateur, one could say, and feminist and uh, uh, someone who believes in equality for everyone. So looking forward to having her on the show in a more permanent uh, man- manner. Yes. So thanks again for everyone uh, tuning in. Up next is Beck with Bite Me Down Under. Next week, we've got more as we do our Invasion Feminism Invasion Day special to uh, bring attention to some of the inequalities uh, for Indigenous Australians. All right. The 1986 women's mural from Bombonary to Barbed Wire on Smith Street was defaced early this year. Responding to the community outcry following its destruction, the Women's Mural Documentation Project is capturing your reactions to this defacement and to the 30-year history of the significant feminist mural. Danielle and Sally from the Women's Art Register want to hear from you. Get in touch, the Women's Mural Project at gmail.com. A community message supported by Broad and Joy 94.9. Thank you. You've been listening to a broadcast on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.